Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to The Realist Podcast. In the dunya, in the game, in the YouTubes, the three Muslims. It is our pleasure to welcome you back for episode two of In-Person Studio Podcast, alhamdulillah, with uh, Brother Anha over here on my left and Brother Rami on my right, but inverted for you guys. Bismillah. How's it going, guys? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Things are good. Things are real good. Alhamdulillah, we got a beautiful sign up, man. Inshallah, I'm still very proud of all this. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair to uh, everyone who helped out. Oh, very beautiful thing, alhamdulillah. So, subhanAllah, <clears throat> we've been talking a lot about uh, marriage and relationships and all that stuff. And it's very popular, as you mentioned. One of the most viewed things when it comes to channels, especially Muslim channels, uh, subhanAllah. And it's scarce nowadays, finding good marriages, bro. 60% divorce rate. Uh, <laughs> Uh, men being women, women being men. I don't just mean in terms of transgender. How dare you? <laughs> but men and women are equal, bro. What are you saying? I mean, equal in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they're not exactly the same. And uh, mm. these, you know, differences matter. They need to be accounted for. Mm. But before we get to that, we we need to talk about, you know, how, you know, what marriage is. How do you get married in the first place? This kind of climate. Mm. Um uh, man, honestly, uh, there's some crazy people out there, bro. Honestly, there are some men, some women, there are crazy people out there. I tell this story a few times. I don't want to keep talking about the sister, but this is just what comes to mind when I talk about marriage, bro. Uh, somebody who at one point wanted to marry me has flip-flopped back and forth about me as a person on my TikTok so many times. First, they like uh, really liked me and my TikTok and stuff. And then the whole thing with like Mahdi and all that happened. And the, I made one like... A bit, I guess, ill-minded video, bro. She was making dua against me in my comments and all this crazy stuff. And oh, she, then after that, when it was done, she came back like nothing happened. Uh, there are some crazy people out For there. For real? Yeah, man. After she was like, "Oh, I'm always the first in your life," and I'm like, "How dare you?" Listen, like, get the hell out of here. Forget this, men and women BS. But what you were saying about the whole Mahdi situation—it yeah. reminded me of this story. I don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but I'll say it just just it was a learning curve for me too. But subhanAllah, there was there was a woman, sister, who DM'd me and said that, you know, I watched the episode with you guys and Mahdi and I saw everything you guys had to say. And as a, as a woman, it really hurt my feelings and it was taking a toll on my mental health. I was like, subhanAllah, video. And then she was like, yeah. And uh, it pushed me so hard, I wanted to take my own life. Audhubillah. Now I was so new to the da'wah scene and I'm sure all of us were at that time that I genuinely didn't know if this was something that I'll be held accountable for. Is this something she's bluffing? Is this something serious? So I asked a lot of mashayikh, I asked uh, my sheikh and a couple other sheikhs, and they all told me the same thing. They said that these people are always going to be here just looking for attention, looking for, you know, uh, any type of, of input from you, you know, any, any, any emotional response or anything like that. So best thing is whatever they do, they're going to be held accountable for. You speak what you have to speak because at the end of the day, you could say exactly what is in line with haqq, and you will always have people that will say something. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I learned my lesson. I still didn't reply to any of those uh, comments or DMs. But I spoke to uh, one of my well-beloved sheikhs. I won't say the name. But he gave me the advice that I gave you brothers. That when it comes to the social media and doing that or anything like that, when you have a decent following, just stop reading comments. Mm -hmm. Now, some people might say, hey, what about the positive comments? What about the reinforcement? What about the... The love, don't you want to read that? Where are you guys with that? Uh, I don't honestly. I don't. It helps. It's nice. I don't. I don't need it. I'd rather. And this is something, especially on TikTok, bro. 
It's crazy, man. That's I try and avoid comments as much as possible because something I realized with that same situation is the same people that are praising you now will absolutely hate you the next day. Mm. And you don't have to do anything absurd. You could just disagree with one small thing, an ikhtilafi issue, a small thing. They will literally like hate you. I'm not even joking. That term hate, it's strong, but they will actually hate you for it. They will make sure you know in the comments and the DMs and the messages and all that. SubhanAllah. So I stopped reading it altogether. I just, um, I post it and I let it go. I, may, I mainly look at the likes, you know, in the views, how many people saw it, how many people liked it. And other than that, I don't really read comments. So I just avoid it altogether. Oh no, what about you? You've been in the tubes longer than us. I mean, it's the same thing, bro. And I had said the same thing to Rami, like when when the whole Mandy situation was going down I, and Rami was taking the heat big time. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was the one taking the heat. We got to be Not honest, us. bro. Like, you, having people make dua against him, that's that's tough. She made dua against me too, that chick. Yeah, I she, remember that. She literally said, I hope that you uh, never have kids. And if you do, I hope that your wife, you get a completely miserable wife. That's the exact woman that you hate. And I hope that your kids grow up to hate you. And all. he's just making so much dua, bro. Stuff and I was just like... This is haram! <laughs> haram! What is I, she doing, bro? I had an entire thread. <laughs> Literally an entire thread. One person was like, um, uh, uh, I pray that Allah never gives you a wife or a daughter. And the, literally, it's just a bunch of girls. I mean, I mean, I mean, an entire thread. Astaghfirullah, bro. But that goes to show. And I remember I told you, I was like, bro, these people, they're not really with you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. may Allah bless them, may Allah guide yeah. them, but yeah. they ain't really with you, bro. Yeah. And this is something that I learned being on YouTube for such a long yeah. time. That, like, yo, one day, one day, A, they're, they're the best. They're, like, giving you the best compliments. Like, they're watching all your stuff. And the next day, they're over here, like, throwing dirt on you. So it's like, you you learn at some point to detach from it. Yeah. Because if not, then you're going you're gonna to feel some type of way. Because it's like, you almost start getting attached to what they're saying. Yeah. Like, if someone's giving you, like, praise, like, mm -hmm. you start getting attached. You're like, ah, yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, we are doing a good job. Maybe, yeah, I do. It goes to your head. You know, maybe, yeah, I do have a nice voice. Maybe, yeah, like. I am helping out, like, mashallah, like, I am doing good here. But then they come at you and they're like. Say it up, bro. Then they come at you and then they're pretty much saying, like, oh, you're a piece of. How dare you? Piece of trash. Like, you. I don't know, man. It, it, it's. it's it's a human thing. It's a natural thing for us to feel yeah. some type of way about it. But it's like, again, like, you have to make some kind of discernment, some kind of detachment yeah. from it. Yeah. Looking back at the Quran and Sunnah, bro, I wanted to ask you a question that the Prophet and for all the laymen, and, and we're laymen too, but the people that don't know much about his life, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was he a man that got hate, bro? Oh, was he a God. man that got opposition? Because people might be like, why are you guys talking about hate? Why are you guys talking about, uh, you know, getting this, this these comments and these these DMs? What does it is it does it even happen? Is it relevant? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I can firmly say if you're not getting hated on, you're doing something wrong. If people don't hate you, you're doing something wrong. There's a part of you that's trying to please everyone, and you're compromising the message somehow. Because there's, you know, damn well there are people out there that completely hate Islam. So yeah, but let, let's not say if if people like don't hate you, because if they only hate you. 
<laughs> you're probably doing something wrong there's a saying you know if I had six people I'd rather three of them extremely love me and three of them extremely hate me but all six of them know me 100% yeah. instead of all six of them kind of know me kind of don't once I'm past you know they're not going to know much about me what I stood for yeah 100% yeah, the prophet just go, to go back to the initial point um, man hate is an understatement Attempts on his life, complete boycott, uh, and that caused his uncle and his wife, who he loved very, very much, to die. And with his uncle that died, and radiallahu uh, anha to Khadija, radiallahu anha, to his uncle that died, when he died, it's protection for the Prophet and died with it, right? He died with him. So he lost his wife, uncle, and protection, and he had to go to different tribes and seek protection and so on and so forth. So this was a man, Sallallahu who was at one point so loved by the community, so respected. He was known as the trustworthy and the honest and someone with the best, honestly, amazing character. People loved him so much. Uh, and then as soon as he portrays this message of Islam and he calls people to come and accept Islam and worship God alone, and keep in mind, all he was doing, especially in the beginning, was basically telling them worship Allah alone, abandon the idols. That's basically all he was saying. They didn't have it. Attempts on his life, hatred, uh, slander, everything, man. Everything. And honestly, what, what happened to me, I, I don't even want to say, it sounds so cringy, what happened to me. I didn't get, I didn't die. Nothing was, happened, bro, when you think of the Prophet Sallallahu Yeah, exactly. Like, it was so soft, there was nothing. Like, a few people hate me, oh, okay, I'm, oh, I'm going to cry about it. Okay, I'll move on, inshallah. Everyone moves on. The Prophet man, he had to put Ali in his bed, radiallahu anhu, because there were people coming to kill him in his sleep. While he fled to another city. SubhanAllah. <laughs> so, I mean, the comments, they happen, they get to you. It is what it is. And and it, it really shows you that in the modern world, the, the words they use, bro, misogynist, homophobe, <laughs> bigot, all these terms that they use, bro, they, they, they're really powerless at the end of the day in the eyes of Allah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, are you speaking truth or are you speaking falsehood? Are you working for Allah or for the devil? And I think that's all that matters, bro. doesn't matter what the people say. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, people try and put you in a box all the time. I think you guys notice that as well. You know, the whole, oh, you're homophobic, mm. you're misogynist, you're a blah, 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 extremist. Extremist is a big one, bro. Barbaric. Yeah, even, bro, my, my fiance got called an extremist by his sister because she was trying to say this is what hijab is. Or not an extremist, but she's like, you know, oh, I see you follow the extreme viewer. Something, something like that. You mentioned, use that wording. It's like, Yanni, you're going to try and put me in a box? Just to dismiss what I'm saying, that's what they do when they call you homophobic. It's because they don't want to actually address what you've said. Mm. And I honestly, I see that when I, when I see these tactics, I basically feel like I've won. You know what mm. I mean? Like you know, I don't want to use this kind of example, but you know when you're trying to get someone mad and they get mad, you like you feel like you won. Don't do that, right? This is haram. But when you know when you see these tactics come out, and the guy in the video we reacted to, remember the the documentary, what is a woman? It's like Matt Walsh. You probably at that point, you think probably thinking like I won. He's I'm done, bro. Well, lucky you're finished. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It reminds me of when Matt Walsh was talking to that college professor. And he was like, I don't like that you're probing. I don't like the word truth. I don't like the terminology you're using. Yeah. How about we talk about what we're talking about at hand and forget all these extra things that you guys are throwing our way? You get me? I feel like we've been all over the damn place. But it's okay. Because at the end of the day, that's what conversations are like. Yeah. I do want to eventually bring it back to marriage. We will. We I will. started off with that. But mm -hmm. this is just how conversation 
go. Yeah, bro, stop, I, stop being weird about was, it, bro. No, no, I got. I, I do feel <laughs> like just. I was saying like I'm. I literally had to like take a step back and like really just like wait. Where are we right now? What are we talking? <laughs> Let us know in the comments, guys, if you want genuine unscripted conversations like this one, or if you prefer the more focused and and not scripted, but but ones that stick to one point. Yeah. I personally like this. Yeah. It, it's more fun. It's more engaging. Less I, heavy on the soul. I do think we're going a little hard with the sound bites, though, for sure. Let's yeah. let's take a step back then, on hell. What are you doing, art. bro? It's an art. It's an art. Yeah, so you gotta yeah. just less is more. Listen, bro. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I don't have a sound bite for that, so yeah, I'm, I'll nah, abstain. I'm just no, saying, no, no. You're yeah, saying we're yeah, too yeah. trigger happy. Yeah. Right now, yeah. yeah just... I'm fighting the urge to press it. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that's the last one. But uh yeah, let's 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 bring back to the haram relationships thing. Why are we talking about hate? Why, why are we talking about hate, bro? Why are we talking about getting hate? And how does this link to haram relationships? Well, it's very simple. The thing is we need to understand what is good hate and what is bad hate. What is good criticism and what is bad criticism. There's been too many of us that are getting roped into haram relationships, which is a very slippery slope, and they don't want to listen to anyone's nasiha. People come to them and they're like, hey, bro, you know, and, and I understand, you know, you, you're convinced you're going to marry her, you know, or someone comes to a sister and say, yeah, I understand he says he's going to marry you, you know, but right now you guys still haven't, you know, gotten, gotten married. There's no nikah, mm. you know, is that really hate? No, but they take it as hate. You know, that's different than the, the type of hate we were talking about, yeah. which is genuinely just people that wake up and they choose yeah. violence. <clears throat> You know, we're talking about the people that come at you with properness, you know, the way Brother Anha talked about it last episode with the adab, right? But it's it's such a slippery slope, bro. Subhanallah. And I see people so you know, so many people around me. They 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 think they're not in a haram relationship, but I would definitely consider that a haram relationship. I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I just have a question though, like it's not always picturesque. It's not always like picture perfect, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not like, oh, I, I found the hijabi. Let me talk to her dad right away. You know, like that's not how it is and that's where I feel like a lot of um a lot of brothers kind of get this mixed up and, and I'm not even saying like they're doing it badly but they're, they're trying to find they're trying to follow sunnah right it's mm. just how we should be doing it like as a as a man you should you know when you meet a girl you like her you got to make it proper you, you talk to the wali and then you do everything supervised and all this but like let's be honest a lot of brothers out here who are doing it slightly different. And I mean, I'm not here to say, oh, this, this is permissible. I'm not one to even be able to say that. But there are some brothers that have done this, some brothers and sisters. And Allah has put barakah in their relationship. So I'm the question is like, what is, what is truly, truly proper in this day and age? I think that those that understand and are on deen and they understand that being in a haram relationship is haram, being with a non-mahram woman, no nikah, no intentions of getting married, I think that's a, that's a dangerous place to be, bro. Yeah. Well, can you define being with? Or what do you mean when you say Dating, with? zina. Oh, okay. That yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, 100%. But if, if someone, let's say, and I'm gonna, what I'm going to say is technically, and I'm not going to give like a fiqh answer on this, but let's say you have a Muslim guy and a Muslim girl. You know, they're both born into Islam. Whether they've been taught the deen properly or not, that's not on me. 
but let's say they're, they're dating, you know? They're not practicing. They're probably not praying. And let's say then they start praying and practicing, you know? And they repent. They ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And they truly fix their ways. Inshallah, Allah, the most merciful. Let's assume Allah forgives them, you know? If, you know, if that's the scenario, yeah. then are we really to judge? I mean, it's one of the things you have to leave to Allah at the end of the day, you know? Mm. Like, as us... Us as humans, we see something wrong, we speak against it, we advise, and khalas, we move on. You know, we it's not our job even to really make any judgment or any final say. We just, you know, we hear and we obey, right? So you see something wrong, correct, move on in life. Call Allah, call Rasul. Yeah. All day. Yeah. The people watching this, most of the people watching it, or maybe even some, I don't think there's those people, bro. These are the people telling us, yo, don't type this, don't type that, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah. So Jeez. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> just uh, what what is it? Um, just just some advice, you know. And they mean well, inshallah. But a lot of the times, people lack context and yeah. and and understanding the full perspective, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to raise these questions up. I'm get a little more comfortable here. It's so weird, bro. Just having this thing like in my face, it just violates me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna so press hard. something, bro. So hard, but I didn't. From what? Oh, it's because the army paused halfway. Yeah. Bro, we gotta let them play through all the way. Um, sorry, bro. What's in your face and it makes you feel uncomfortable? Nah, no, forget that. I'm okay. saying though, like in these situations, man. Like, let's say you have, let's say you have a practicing brother, and you have a practicing sister, right? And they're doing their thing. They're God-fearing. Let's say they meet like, online. Because, bro, we live we live in the day and age world. <laughs> Come on now. Come we on now. Online. Let's say. Let's be honest. All right? So they meet online. And um, it's very, like, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's, it's not like what the, like, Kafar would do or, like, Someone who's really trying to commit sin. No? I hate that we taught him that word, bro. <laughs> One of the most common words I hear on Jose today is kafir. Kafir. And kuffar. <laughs> kufr. No, kufr is another word. I know. Yes. I just like how it rolls off the... It the does. Kufr is very... Kufr. Easy on the tongue. But... Um, going, bro. Yeah, so they meet. You know, they're talking. And for the most part, it's like... It, it's... It's innocent, you know, it's platonic. But then, you know, like, they both have the intention of, like, getting to know each other for marriage. And um, from there, you know, they start talking a little bit more. They start getting to know each other. Then the brother is like, okay, I want to talk to you, Wali. Now, you look at this situation here, and it's it's not by any means, like, proper. Because, like, the the brother didn't go to the Wali first. I, like he, he started talking to the sister, getting to know the sister, and all this stuff. So it's like, bro, like, I'm just genuinely curious, man, because like we live in the day and age when like th this happens, bro. And like, it, I, we could say like, oh, bro, like Habibi, bro, this is not right. This is not how it should be. But like then again, Allah wills what Allah wills, and you have a lot of baraka in these situations. See, this reminds me of one of the first things that I noticed about Ustad Jibril, you know. It was very old, bro. It was about a year ago when we started the podcast. And Brother Gabriel was saying, you know, his whole motto with his channel is real problems, real solutions. 
He said exactly what Anho was saying, that there's the problems that people think we have, and then there's what's actually going down behind closed doors, you know? There's this whole false haya that, oh, no one's here, you know, touching themselves, let's say. No one's here committing zina. It's not actually happening, brother. Why are you talking about these things? Bro, wallahi, these things are so common. And a man and a woman are not together, except that shaitan is the third person in the room. So what you're saying is a very slippery slope and easy to fall into. You know, it might start very innocently. Oh, I'm for sure going to marry them, you know. So it doesn't matter if I do it now or do it after marriage. I'm going to marry them for sure. What's the difference? Why wait? You know, she wants it, I want it too. But wallahi, there's there's wisdom in following the rules and barriers that Allah has put, you know. Bro, there's been so many stories of people who said that and it just does not work out. <sighs> and then after that, they're like, you know, I wasted all this time, this money, this effort. I lost my virginity to, to this person, and now I feel connected mm. with them, and it didn't work out because my dad decided one day uh, he's not good enough, and uh, you know, yeah, it's crazy, man. But I'm not referring to like the zina component of it. I'm referring oh, more yeah. to like they're talking. Um, you know, they really like each other. They want to get to know each other for you know the intention of marriage, and the brother he then says to the sister, let me speak to you, Wali. You know, I would like to make this official. I would like to get the ball rolling here. And in that case, like, they're not engaging in intimacy beforehand. They're not doing any zina. They're not um, talking to each other, um, flirting or talking about things which they shouldn't. It's not halal. It's not permissible at that time being. Right? Like, you know, the, the good stuff. But... This is haram. Haram. This is, that's what I'm saying. We're not talking about that. It's, you don't speak about that. So in this case, right, they're doing everything as halal as they possibly can at this point. And um, they refrain from, like, overstepping the boundaries, transgressing. You know what I'm saying? They, they're keeping that, that taqwa, that fear of Allah. Which, which boundaries, though? The boundaries that they set for themselves are the ones by Allah. The ones by Allah. Mm. It's just at, at in that situation, the way that it got to that point, it's like, okay, it didn't start proper, proper, but they are proper now. Mm. You see what I'm saying, bro? That's what yeah. I'm like trying to figure out here. Like, what about those situations? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have heard Shaykh say that, you know, if because in this in this time, unfortunately, it's hard to even find a woman that will let you go to her father um, before even speaking to you right once. Away. You know what I mean? It's uh, I, it's understandable, and a lot of the time it's because of the father, right? If a father is open to it, like I don't care if you bring me, you know, ten guys, and then I disapprove of of all of them, and then the eleventh I'm cool with. I don't care if you go through this talking stage, you know, ten, eleven times. That's how it works. Um, then maybe the, his daughter won't be as closed off to it, right? But you have a lot of fathers, bro, that are like, well, you already brought them to me. Like, you, I already told, you know, half the family about it. It has to go through. You can't stop through. this. You can't kiss the light. Yeah. So it's a big issue. So some, I've heard Sheikh say that if you're going to have one or two conversations, three conversations, just to know them, to see if they're just at least the bare minimum, if that's there, and you are interested to, you know, getting to know them for marriage, after you get to a point where you've talked enough and you both are fairly confident, then you can go to the wali and make it official and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so that's fine. I'm not saying, I can't say it's fine. I've yeah. heard we're not, we're not shayuf, but, but there's levels to what you could do, bro. A man came to the Prophet Sallallahu and, 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 you know, was talking about this woman and the Prophet Sallallahu was saying, okay, okay, I understand this, but did you see her? Yeah. And he said, no. And then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, go see her. 
this doesn't mean go see her wear something provocative. Mm. This doesn't mean go go in with malintent. But looks are important in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're not we're not here acting fake bias. No dirt to the Christians, though. You know, may Allah guide you all. But we're not here saying stuff like we stay celibate and stuff like that. You know, we're we're dealing with reality here. Mm-hmm. So so we understand that men have needs and women have needs. Yeah. And looks are extremely important for both sexes. So the Prophet yeah. with all of his amazing um wisdom and, and insightfulness, Sallallahu he said, Did you see her? He asked, Did you see her? You know, so can you see any woman without the intention of marriage? No, I don't think so, bro. But can you see a woman that you're serious about and you want to propose to? Of course. You know? I just think there's a disconnect with the shakes, you know. I'm not not questioning their knowledge or um, authority on certain points, but I'm just I feel like there's a disconnect in terms like what Brother Gabriel said, like in terms of what we think is happening and what's really happening, you know. And like with this disconnect, um there's not a lot of understanding for certain situations that are going down. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, 100%. This, uh, unfortunately, a lot of, of sheikhs are out of touch with the problems that, you know, kids face nowadays. And uh, maybe kids is the wrong term to use, but even young adults that they face mm. nowadays. Um, and uh, not just the sheikh, but the parents as well, bro. Like the, a parent will be so happy sending their daughter or their son to university with a lot of, you know, 21, uh, 18 to 20, honestly, as old as they might be. In People university. in their peak. Yeah, at their peak of their sexual drive and like one of the hottest sexual climates there could be um, in this high stress area as well where people are really, really trying to, um, you know, press some people's buttons and stuff. Well, lucky you're finished. That's it, bro. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Um, and uh, they're completely fine sending their child there, right? But, yeah. but, you know, oh, you're only you're only 18, you're only 20, how could you get married? You, you know? did a study. Yeah. yeah. You, he can say that, the father can say that without due respect, but he can go go home, go to his wife, yeah, who's warm and ready, mashallah. Yeah. And he won't have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I feel like there needs to be more light shed, you know, like yeah. in real life scenarios like this, because it's like, man, like, you got this kid, um, this brother, right? He's going to college. A lot of bad things out there, man. A lot of bad teens walking around out there. And you know, you know damn well they're walking out there with nothing on almost. Yeah. And like, yeah, he can, <laughs> he could try to lower his gaze, but how was that going to work? Yeah. How was he going to lower his gaze? And then he goes to the shade and they say, oh, you need to lower your gaze. Stuck for Allah. You need to lower your gaze. But this is what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not against it. I'm not against like the traditional aspect. I love the traditional aspect. But I just feel like there is context. And with that context, it needs to be addressed yeah. so that those who are going through these real life situations can actually maneuver through them appropriately. Bro, the modern day practicalities right now are completely lacked by the average khutbah that I go to. Oh yeah. Of course, they're talking about, you know, in the times of the Prophet Sallallahu this was happening. And why are we talking about these stories? We have to because these stories are, are either from the Quran or from the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu and all these authentic narrations, mashallah. And there's immense wisdom in it. 
and it's sufficient. Islam is a complete deen. We don't need anything else. Yeah. But wallahi, no one's talking about what's happening today. No one's talking about when you go on Snapchat, bro, you can't even see someone's story without seeing all this fitna. You can't even search someone's name on Instagram without seeing the Explore page and seeing all this garbage. Yeah. You can't even go on YouTube without these stupid ads, bro. Yeah. No one's talking about this. Yeah, that's true. I but mean, they're talking about, you know, bro, lower your gaze, Allah's always watching. I understand that, but when you talk in that way, if a brother's struggling with, let's say, touching himself and he's addicted to that and watching haram, how is he going to feel comfortable coming to you after the khutbah and, and getting some nasiya even, bro? He's completely going to be shut off from that. Yeah, 100%. Were and these I, topics taboo, bro, from the I, Prophet Oh, no, no, not at all. He would talk about it. I mean, yes, he would use very kind and sensitive language, but yes. he would talk about it very clear. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran or basically says, you know, your women are like your, your land that you till you can approach or enter it from any direction. Talk so, about intercourse. And he talked with the shabab. Uh, and uh, Prophet some talk to the, to the youth. Where is this false piety coming from then? I don't know. But all I know is that go, bro, go to a masajid or go to one of the masajid, right? Go to a masjid, give one khutbah and say the, the most real stuff you could think of. They will never let you back in that masjid How again, How dare bro. you? <laughs> How dare you? Bro, was that so delayed? <laughs> oh, no. They will not you're let right. you speak. You're going to be canceled. Yeah. It's honestly, it's because a lot of these, these masajid, they... Honestly, they kind of have to be careful because, you know, if someone says the wrong thing and, you know, the government or whatever, the people don't like it, it's going to be bad for them. See, but this is where the problem is, man. Like, this, I feel like that's not real Islam. That's, that's like, filtered. It is. Filtered Islam. It is. It's watered down. You know, like, we need that real stuff. And, again, like, the traditional, like, there's nothing wrong with the traditional. I love the traditional. This is what Islam is, is the traditional. But at the end of the day... In this day that we live in, yeah. things are different, yeah. and it needs to be addressed. Yeah. And we need to know exactly how we can maneuver these things. How can a brother who's in college really lower his gaze? How can he really best do these things? And then, bro, it it, it makes me a little heated. Like with my channel, where I talk about semen retention, and I have actual. You got the khawarij. <laughs> coming after you bro bro I actually have some brothers who try to tell me like oh brother this is this is kufr <laughs> this is not of, of the of Islam this is like this is no one in Islam that you should never be doing this like I, I encourage you to go to the Quran and Sunnah listen okay I get it Quran and Sunnah perfect alhamdulillah but you know what if you remove the label the practice in and of itself you're refraining and if you're, if you're not married, if you're a brother in college and you have all these women around you that are pretty much half naked or almost completely naked, actually, let's be honest. Yeah. Bro, semen retention is like the best thing that you could do at that point. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, but you know what? There's, there's this person here that said it's not part of Islam, so I shouldn't even practice this. So then what should I do? Mm. I mean, you know, yeah, if you look at what the Prophet said, he said, you know, get married. If you can't, then fast because fasting kills sexual drive. So even the Prophet is trying to say, like, you should lower your sexual drive and obviously so you can avoid it. Right. So you don't, you know, you know, the Prophet he didn't say, you know, you know, masturbate or anything like that. If you can't get married or, you know, you know, and some scholars, they say, if you feel like you're going to fall into zina, it's halal for you and so on and so forth. But only if it's really extreme. So don't take that out of context. But, you know, subhanAllah, even the Prophet was saying, you know, fast so it can lower the sexual drive. But what I'm mm-hmm. trying to get at is that there's <clears throat> context mm-hmm. 
right? If you understand the context, you understand how to go about the situation, how to maneuver, how to really give someone nasiha, advice in that particular situation. You know, like, I've been in that situation where I didn't have... I didn't have a wife, I didn't have a girlfriend, and all I had was all these girls around me who were basically pretty much naked. And, like, at that point, like, I knew, okay, I'm trying to practice this whole nofab, this whole semen retention thing, and therefore, this is what I have to do. I have to stay more busy. I have to focus more on myself, my hobbies, and growing as an individual, right? And it's like... Okay, maybe semen retention isn't in Islam, right? But look at what I just said, like growing as an individual, focusing on yourself, building this stuff. Like, wouldn't that be proper nasiha to give to a brother who's in college, oh, who's around all these sis- not sisters, but who's around all these women? Fitna. He's around all the fitna. But you yeah. tell him, look, right now, fast, fast as much as you can, yeah, and make sure you just focus as much of your energy as possible. Not only into your school, but also into yourself. Improve. Be the best man, best the best Muslim that you can be, and get right with Allah. Yeah. And Allah will open the doors for you. And then when you get married, it's different. Then we'll address it then. But let's take care of this here. You know, like that's proper nasiha. Yeah. That's proper context of understanding. And that's actually applying the traditional aspect, actual Islam, bro. Yeah. How how powerful is that, bro? To be honest, because you're applying Islam with proper context. You're not taking things out of context. You're not taking things and misquoting it from the Quran and from the Hadith. Yeah. Because what's the alternative? You tell you tell a brother, listen, Akhi, lower your gaze. You shouldn't be you know worried about it. Just focus on school. You're there to study. But school is going to tell you to pass this one class. You need to get into this group assignment and this project. You need to do this presentation with you know and they random assignment. So they put you in a group of four girls. Women outweigh men in post secondary education. Many fold. Let's just say that most of the classes I took in in, uh, in pre-med and undergrad, I was either the only guy in a class of 30 to 60, maybe even 90. If not, one of two to three guys. Wow. Everyone else is a woman. That's how it is, bro. Look at the ratio, bro. That's great. And you're telling me, oh, just just focus on school, bro. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm there for school. I'm not going to deny it. Mm. But yeah. why can we not talk about these things, bro? Why can we not give sincere Nasiya and... And why is there always haram police after us trying to say, you know, like you're, you're doing too much, bro. You're speaking too much. If you say this, it's going to open them up to this. Bro, what do you mean? It's gonna, we're not even talking about that, though. Yeah. yeah. Why are you thinking about that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, subhanAllah. I mean, even when it, like, when it comes to fiqh in general, rulings, like everything is halal to proven haram, right? It's not, it's not the opposite way around where everything's haram until you find a hadith that allows it, right? It's, not, it's like that with aqidah. It's not like that with fiqh. So if you were to give someone the advice that you gave them, no one can come to you and say, oh, the Prophet didn't say to do that. Mm. You know, it's like, okay. So does the Prophet need to tell me to use my phone, don't use my phone? He didn't have a phone back then. That's why they have qiyas. You know, like usul al-fiqh is, is very, 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 very in-depth, mashallah. And I barely understand it, right, to be completely fair. But um, the tools that they use, right, the general... Um, Ahkam, um, the general rulings, and using chaos and all these things, subhanAllah, it's, bro, it's, it's uh, mind-numbing for me to even think about, right? But it's so in-depth for anyone come, to come and say, oh, it's not from the sunnah, it's not from the... It's like, bro, 
do you even understand fiqh to begin with to say it's not from the sunnah? Mm. Because not everything you are allowed to do needs to be specifically from the sunnah of the Prophet Is it mubah? Is it permissible? If it's permissible, why are you hating on me for it? So what do, we, what, do, what do we do with these people? Because there's two, there's two schools of thought right now. Yeah. One is the problem are the individuals. Mm-hmm. The people that are here making takfir on anything that walks by in front of them and just always having an issue with everything, taking things out of context, always judging, you know? And there's also people thinking, okay, no, the problem is actually not them because they're always going to be there. The problem is the people. Mm. You know, the people are out here too sensitive and too soft and they just always listen to these people. If someone says, yo, bro, why do you have, you know, this behind you on your shelf? That's haram, bro. Take it down. And you just take it down and you just always, you know, play by these games. (laughs) So, like, who's to blame, bro? Whoever doesn't have the correct understanding of Islam, bro. <laughs> and if it's both of them, it's both of them, right? Mm. Um, I think uh, a problem can have many roots, right? Multiple roots. And um, I think there's a little bit of blame in, in, in every party, to be honest. Mm. Um, if you have people that are so superficial in their understanding of Islam that they're going to come and be like, you know, oh, the Prophet, and they saw some didn't have shelves. You know, it's like, Honestly, you, you need, sometimes you need to give them a lesson. You need to teach them that in fiqh, everything is halal until proven haram. If you say that I'm not allowed to have a shelf behind me, you need to provide evidence for it. That's, that's bid'ah, bro. That's an innovation. They didn't use shelves back then. There's going to be people like that, bro. <laughs> it just makes me like, again, it, just, it really makes me question things. because It's like someone could say, oh, that, that's, that's not Islamic. Well, a lot of things that we do in our lives that aren't Islamic, but I mean, but it's e- not haram. What does that even yeah. mean, though, Islamic? Th- that's that's the thing. Because if you look, Islam encompasses everything, right? And and it would be wrong to say that there's things that Islam doesn't encompass. For anything you can find in life, Islam will have some kind of ruling on it. Most of the, I don't want to say most of the time, a lot of the time you'll find the ruling is halal. The ruling is that it's okay. Or, worst case scenario, it's 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 uh, disliked, it's mukruh, right? And say worst case scenario, uh, omitting sinful, obviously. Worst case scenario, it's not sin, it would just be makruh, right? And I'm not saying that like, oh, it's just makruh, but you wouldn't be sinful if you did whatever it is, right? 95% of fiqh, 95% of, of rulings are ikhtilafi. There's a difference of opinion. You'll go to two, three, four different mashayikh. One will say it's, it's permissible. One will say it's uh, disliked. The other one will say it's, uh, it's sinful. And uh, fourth one, I don't know, whatever. And he makes some analogy, Allahu Alam, right? Whatever. Uh, you'll find different rulings because it's ikhtilafi. It's, it's, Allah says in the Quran, two verses I want to give. One, uh, chapter, I think chapter three, Surah Al-Imran, verse seven. He says that this is the book that we have revealed. In it are verses that are muhkamat. They're clear cut, right? Meaning that there's only one meaning. It's very clear cut. Like, kul Allahu ahad. It's very clear cut. You can't understand that in any other way than say he's Allah the one and only. Easy. Uh, then he says, and others, other verses are ambiguous. Mutashabihat. You could, they could be understood different ways, right? And there are ayat like that, like um, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talks about the uh, uh, wait three uh, periods. Basically, is it for the woman after a divorce? Is it three months? Is it three menstrual cycles? And there's ikhtilaf on that. Mm-hmm. There's many examples of this. But if you look at you know other places in the Quran, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he says. Um, uh, if you don't know, ask those who know, right? If you don't know what to do because you're struggling, because you're suffering in university, there's girls all around you flaunting yourself at you, um, and you go to a sheikh, a sheikh actually might not know what you should do. He might know the ruling, you know? It's haram for you to look. 
lower your gaze. And I'm not trying to disrespect the shiuch. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. May Allah reward them and bless them. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're, I'm not trying to act like they're these old, out of touch idiots. No, astaghfirullahaladim. May Allah reward them and bless them. Uh, all I'm saying is that they might not be as aware as someone like you. You know, someone comes to you and they say, on hell, bro, you know, I love your channel, inshallah, keep up the good work. Uh, I have this trouble, you know, I have this struggle. My parents want me to go to uni. I want to make them happy. I want my education. There are girls everywhere, bro. I went to my sheikh. He said, lower your gaze. It's not enough for me. What should I do? You know, I don't know. You know, let me know, inshallah. You give them the advice, boom. Can anyone come and say, oh, no, that's haram, bro. The, the Prophet he said in the hadith, uh, if you can't get married fast, why are you telling this guy to work out in the gym? It's like, yani, okay, you can relay the hadith of the Prophet and fast. It was also sunnah only the fast two days of the week. You have, you have, you know, uh, more days, inshallah, just to work out and stuff. Uh, what, what's wrong with it? So I think that would be my overall arching answer. Islam covers everything. But you have to be, un- you have to understand Islam in the first place to even talk about the rulings. Mm, that makes sense, bro. Because yeah. it's, it's giving credit where credit's due <clears throat> to the actual, you know, the sheikh. But it's also saying, like, look, have uh, y'all ever heard that saying where it's like, if, you, if you're trying to do something, then look for someone who's already done. Yeah. Mm. So you can get the best advice, the best guidance in, mm-hmm. that, in that path that you're going on, right? And that's what you just mentioned right there. You yeah. just clearly said it where it's like, okay, um, my sheikh said this, not enough for me, but look, I see you. You've done this. You've yeah. been through this. Tell me. Tell me what you did. Maybe, you know, maybe it might help me, right? Yeah. And like I'm really thinking about this man because I think this is um I think this is a breakthrough mm-hmm. because many brothers and many sisters need to hear this, bro. Yeah. Wallahi. And it is reminding me of um this thing as well, where in I made the video about the whole senior intention. I yeah. also made we're gonna get into this because like we, we gotta get deep into the uh intimacy stuff here. Inshallah. But I had spoken about this thing that you do during intimacy, which allows the man to uh, control himself, right? And without getting into too much detail. We don't get too much detail. It allows the man to control himself to where he can decide if he wants to release or not release, meaning that it's, it's not just going to last a few minutes. It could last however long as he or she, you know, both of them want it to last. Now, I actually got a lot of heat for this. Uh, a lot of brothers were saying... How dare you? Oh, bro, I'm saying I got a lot of heat for this because people were saying, like, oh, this is this is not a part of Islam. Like, oh, like, it, it should be... It's fine to release. Look, I'm not saying it's not... Like, you shouldn't release. No one's giving a, a shadowy ruling. Yeah, I'm not even giving a ruling, bro. We're saying how to enhance your intimacy. Yeah, and isn't it... You just said, okay, everything is halal unless... And in intimacy. Yeah. I think the only thing that's haram is... Three the things. Thing. The three things. Three the things. rule of threes. So nothing in the booty hole. <laughs> nothing from the back end. Yeah, nothing from the back. No uh no busting in the mouth. You can bust okay, I'll stuck for a lot, bro. Stuck for a lot. You could finish, you can release during oral if you were a man receiving oral. However, majority of scholars uh unanimously agree that since you are releasing nudges, Najasa it's impure, she cannot swallow. And lastly, Come on, bro. You want to help him out with the save? Specific time of the month. Ah, uh, during the, the menzies. Yeah. And Allah knows best. These are the three main things we should stay away from because they're unanimously majority scholarly opinion or in the Quran, impermissible. But everything else goes. If we're thinking about this now, you can engage in intimacy. And for the most part, the other things are halal. They're permissible. 
right? So then this also means that the method of being able to withhold and not release is also permissible mm-hmm. for the most part because it's it's not it's not doing anything. It's not going against like it's not going against any rulings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when someone's trying to write it off because they don't understand it, it's kind of like what that thing that you were saying where like um, it, when someone tries to say they try to put you in this box just so they can discredit what you're saying. Yeah. You get what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm making a lot of connections here. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 100%, bro. 100%. Um, and subhanAllah, I think it always boils down to people's ignorance on it. Um, I don't want to repeat myself, but I, I do kind of want to break down something you mentioned before. If And this is actual concept. This is actually necessary, I would say. It's necessary to, uh, for doing its jihad. If any scholar... And I say scholar because there are a lot of people who are non-scholars trying to give fatawa and stuff that they're making up. Allah, you know, forgive us and guide us. But the sheikh mm-hmm. are the ones who are supposed to. So for a sheikh to do ijtihad, which means linguistically, basically exhausting all effort to try and find a ruling. Uh, if it has to do with something specific, like let's say financials, right? Maybe banking, maybe cryptocurrency. Let's use that example. It's big now. Cryptocurrency. Even For the sheikh to even really make a ruling on it, he needs to understand what the, uh, it's called, um, I forget what it's called, but the reality, right? The reality of the situation. And for him to know what the reality of cryptocurrency is, uh, he'd be allowed to make a ruling. So if, let's say, uh, cryptocurrency um, uh, uses interest, riba, and it's very heavy, and it's a specific contract with the person who's buying and selling the crypto, that would make it haram because it's, it involves riba, right? If he didn't know that, and he's like, oh, it's just trading like the stock market. Or as long as the cryptocurrency company isn't doing anything haram, you're good to buy. Mm. Well, he would have made a mistake in that case because he just doesn't know the reality of the situation. And that ties in a lot to what we're talking about. Um, because and I've, I've, a lot of people don't know this, unfortunately. Uh, for every ruling you have, it's actually it's very hard, very rare to find a ruling in Islam that is consistent in every single situation. You know, you shouldn't lie. Well, if your life's at stake, then you can lie. You can do taqiyah if wow. someone's like putting a gun to your head. If you, you can't eat pork, it's haram. You know, there are guys out here that they'll, they'll do anything except eat pork because it's haram. May Allah protect us. Astaghfirullah uh, But if you're dying in the middle of the desert or somewhere in the wilderness and pork is the only thing there to eat, you're actually, it's actually farad. It's obligatory for you to eat that pork now so you can survive. Because in different situations, it will take on a different ruling. Wait, hold up, that lying thing. I thought that was only for like the Shias. So, I mean, the Shias, the way people talk about Shias using taqiyah is like the lie in any situation. Like, let's say I have a weird belief. Uh, I don't want to use the Shias because I don't want to, you know, say anything out of pocket. But let's say, let, let me use the Ahmadis, right? Let's say... <laughs> let, let, How dare you? Uh, let me use the Ahmadis. Let's say I believe freaking uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad is a prophet. I was a prophet. Astaghfirullah. Right? Um... If I didn't want you to know that, taqiyah in this case, it'd be like, no, 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 I don't believe that. We don't even believe that. Come follow my sect, but we don't believe that. Don't worry. That's taqiyah, straight up. That's not even taqiyah, that's straight up lying. That's how some shias practice it. Taqiyah in Sunni Islam, the way it's actually allowed is if someone comes to you, right? And they put a gun to your head and they're like, you need to tell me, you know, let's say they wanted to harm your family. You need to tell me where your family is right now. You can say, oh, okay, they're, they're, they're east. They drove 20 miles east and they're actually 30 miles west, right? Or north northwest or whatever. That's allowed. That's taqiyah. Allah makes it permissible in cases like that. But the point is that if you had someone who doesn't understand Islam, they're going to sit there like, 
my family's there. Do what you got to do. I can't lie. You take things out of context in that case. Yeah, 100%. You generalize and extrapolate based on your own limited human finite understanding of the rulings of Allah, which are so vast and they're so nuanced. And it's not black and white, bro. Yeah. But it's so easy to just look at someone and say, yo, you're wearing tattoos, bro. Therefore, you're a kafir. First of all, what, how do you wear tattoos? That's, I don't understand <laughs> this. You got tattoos. You don't know if he's a reaver. You don't know if Allah's forgiven them. And maybe outwardly, you might think they have a lot of sins, but inwardly, they're pure. And maybe inwardly, you know, you're completely destroyed. And you have all these sins that no one can see. And outwardly, you're putting on this nice facade that you're perfect and that you're sinless. No one, no one, no one dare, dares to, like, look deeper than what meets the eye today, bro. It's like that one picture that shows... Um, the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it, editor, bro. If you could put this picture on, it's the picture of the iceberg with uh, you know the top and what you don't see. It's like a deeper iceberg under the water, and no one sees it. They just see the tip of the iceberg, and then there's another iceberg. It's mainly above the water, and there's barely anything under it, bro. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one where it's like barely anything under, it's like basically showing, like uh, I guess the things that these people are doing. That's the good stuff. The internal stuff. The yeah. real stuff. Maybe there's nothing. It's yeah. all outward. Exactly. And that's not going to care, bro. Allah's not going to reward good action without good intention or good intention without good action. Yes, 100%. Very beautifully said. Uh, we have a few minutes left until we have to wrap up. And I think we should, inshallah, circle back to the initial question that was asked, which does, in a I way, tie into a few different it. things. Of course you don't. <laughs> it, it was so long ago. Uh, how does a Muslim get married in this day and age? Mm. Okay, so um, again, I believe we made this breakthrough. So number one, this is in my opinion, my humble opinion. Y'all, please jump in, add on to it or dissect it however you want. But I believe that first, um, you have to have the the proper niya, mm. proper intention. Go right? on to that, bro. You got to have the proper niya. Um, just think about it like, okay, your intention is to get married, yeah? If your intention is to get married, then you should be getting all your things right with Allah. If this is not right with Allah, like, I'm sorry, but what, where are you at? Like, what, you, what is your intention then? Like, what are you trying to get married for? Because, like, listen, I can speak for myself. When I didn't have everything, like, proper, proper, I can't say I'm, like, perfect or anything, but when I didn't have anything, like, proper, my niya was definitely, like... Nafs. Yeah. It was my nafs. Like, I was just trying to fulfill the nafs, like... Guys, like you, you guys know me too damn well. So, it, that's what it is, man. So first, yeah, have the intention, um, and second is obviously the action. Yeah, you know, properly be going about doing these things to get closer to Allah, to learn more about Islam and all this stuff. And um, mm. number three is consult, consult Sheikh, right? Consult Sheikh. Get proper opinions. Hmm. from people who actually know more than you and then after this look for people who've already done it hmm. you know maybe look for other brothers and sisters who've maybe been in your situation so that you can get um i guess proper context proper feedback proper experience proper stories or whatever they're willing to say because that can give you the insight that you require in order to, you know, make something happen. Mm -hmm. And then, like, lastly, 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 
is um, yeah, praise the Hada. Mm. Praise the Hada, man. Because, yeah. like, it wasn't until... Actually, I can't even speak for myself. And I don't want to speak for myself. But for many brothers and sisters, it's not until they praise the Hada that they see the things really begin to happen. Granted, they're taking care of everything else. Yeah. To touch on the number four, bro, out of your five points, mashallah, tabarakallah, there's a lot of sites, we won't mention them, right? Islamic websites where you get fatawa. And I genuinely believe they're doing more good than harm, so I won't mention them. And a lot of shiuch today on YouTube, they're doing more good than harm, in my opinion. Therefore, we won't mention them, yeah. right? And we're cognizant of the shortcomings and faults that we have internally, so we might be beneath them. Who knows? Of course. But I stopped, you know, reading a lot of these websites and listening to a lot of these sheikhs. We were talking about it this week. Because the way they approach fatawa or rulings and jurisprudence in Islam, which is such a nuanced topic, subhanAllah, is in a very black or white scenario. Yeah. It's always haram. This is always haram. Cryptocurrency is undoubtedly haram. XYZ is undoubtedly haram. And if you do this, you're slipping into kufr. Same with these websites, you know? There's nothing wrong with giving fatawa that are actually based. You get me? But there's so many that are just pulling things out of thin air and making the life of a mu'min today in the modern day society much more difficult than it has to be. Yeah. And now I'm not here being an enabler to anyone that wants to go smoke weed saying, oh, it doesn't say weed in the Quran, therefore I can smoke weed. Listen... What did Rami say to that, that brother that said, uh, there's receptors in the brain for weed? <laughs> say it as it is, bro. I mean, you also have a G-spot in your bum. right? For that men. Yeah, for men. So that doesn't mean you should, you know, be stimulating it. This is haram! <laughs> haram! That's what it is. So, it, yes, we use harsh examples sometimes to make these analogies, but it's the same paradigm, bro. Yeah. They're analogous. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, as men and women today that are trying to be good Muslims and good Muslimas, learn your religion, understand your religion, understand your context, right? May Allah bless you, but know who to take advice from and who to not take advice from. And this doesn't mean now you only go to the sheikh that affirms your beliefs and you stay away from yeah. the sheikhs that are going against your beliefs. This is not what we're saying either. Now you guys are, are taking words out of our mouth yeah. because oftentimes it's the hard advice that you need to follow and the easy advice that you need to forego. But yeah. what we're saying is, understand the context and the nuances and most of the time you already know intuitively with your fitra which one's the right answer and which one's the wrong answer and have the the testicular fortitude if you're a man to follow that and uh i guess piety as a woman to follow that simple and before before you go bro um i think this is very very important because dude like you gotta pray this out for everything you got to pray this out to even, like, where you're going to be getting your information from. Like, which scholar you're going to be getting your information from. Like, bro, I saw this thing where it's like, you know what? It should be to the point where you're literally asking Allah for guidance for a broken slipper. Like, Allah, what should I do? My slipper broke. It's like, really? It's not that big of a deal. It's a slipper. No, 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 bro. But, like, when you are going to Allah, even for the smallest things, the that shows, bro. Yeah, yeah that cool. shows, like, how much you trust Allah. And Allah loves this, right? So you should definitely be praying the Isahara for this. But it's so important that you're not getting the information from a source that's just not 
for you. It doesn't necessarily, I see princesses, hair just floating everywhere. <laughs> it's not to say that, like, this, this person of knowledge, they're saying something wrong. It's to say that, you know what? And maybe their message is just not meant for you. Mm. Right? And, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was in Thailand, there's this brother that I met. And every time we would go to the masjid, he wouldn't pray in the congregation. He would actually be outside of the masjid and he would pray by himself. And I was like, bro, like, why are you... Knowing that there's more baraka praying together. Yeah, like, it, there's way more baraka, right? Oh, and then I asked him and he's like, oh, um, the shaykh that I follow, they say that um, there should not be space between the, the brothers in the congregation. That's understandable, but like, we're in a different country. This they're just doing what they have to do, government regulation, all that stuff. Like I get it, it would be best for us to be like shoulder to shoulder, ankle to ankle, but you know, like the fact is we're still here. We're still okay. in the, the masjid, we're still praying. And like even though there's this there's this going on, like we're still here, we're still praying. So why not receive that baraka? And then he's like, No, no, brother, like you don't understand, there is no baraka. Like the the prayer is invalid. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, look, the, the sheikh are saying, bro, when he was showing me what these sheikhs were saying, like, this was some... Bro, extreme this, stuff. This was some extreme stuff. And, like, I had a, another brother that I was staying with out there, and he was like, bro, like, why are you making it so hard for yourself? Like, you, you aren't even, like, going further to seek even more knowledge over what you're doing. And then I asked, I asked him. I really asked him. I was like, okay, I'm not questioning these sheikhs. I'm not questioning... What they put out. I'm We're beneath them, for all we know. Exactly. So I, I, I asked him clearly. I was like, what you are doing, coming to the masjid, standing outside of the masjid, while all the other brothers are inside the masjid together, praying in congregation, and you choose to pray solo, is this uniting you, bringing you together with the other brothers, or is this... Literally what the government regulations are trying to do. Are you feeding into that? Exactly. Dividing and conquering. Is it bringing you together with them or is it dividing you? Is it making you feel united or is it literally making you feel disconnected? Bro, and like he just, he didn't even care. Like he couldn't put his ego aside. He was just only 100% about what the the scholars were saying. I'm like. And Islam tells us verily, do not be extreme in matters of, of faith. Do not be going into one extreme or another extreme. Islam is the middle path, you know? So we're not going to be here super, you know, into one extreme saying, oh, forget these government regulations. We're not going to abide by the law. We're just going to do uh, shoulder to shoulders, uh, feet to feet, call Allah, call Rasul, Allah Akbar, which is fine, by the way. But you get what I mean? And forget this, health inspector walks in and shuts down the mosque. Then what good have you done? But we're not going to the other extreme either where we're out here praying in the grass outside, bro. Because we don't want to be in the masjid because our prayer is not invalid. This context, bro. And people are lacking this context to, to find that middle path. And, and I'm not saying that the same ruling can't apply to multiple people, but there's context. SubhanAllah, you know, you might look at a brother and wonder, why is he praying standing up? You were telling us something about this, you know, because he couldn't, he couldn't pray uh, sitting down. Oh, yeah, like yeah. So um, a lot of people, as far as I know, they justify praying with their hands instead of right over the left on the chest or stomach area. They justify their hands being down um, because Imam Ahmed, rahimallah, did it. Um, but what they don't know is that Imam Ahmed was beaten so bad that he couldn't really use his arms. So he had to kind of pray like that, subhanAllah, uh, as far as I know. So 
Um, yeah, context is everything. Uh, the, but this is the thing. You know, Imam Malik, he said that the, um, the madhab of, of uh, the layman is a sheikh, right? Mm-hmm. The school of thought of the layman is a sheikh. So I wouldn't blame either parties. I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame him, the, the brother that pray, prayed alone. Because at the end of the day, especially, especially if you look kind of from, I mean, I don't want to say anything that sounds like shirk, you know, but from the perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah um, basically tells us in the Quran, if you don't know, go to those who know. So if you get a ruling from a sheikh that's wrong, um, believing you're doing what is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you won't be sinful. Actually, the sheikh himself is not sinful as long as he's doing his best. Because there's a hadith that says the sheikh that does ijtihad, that tries to find a ruling according to Allah and the Messenger, وسلم, uh, and he gets it right, he gets two rewards. If he gets it wrong, he gets one. He's still rewarded even just for trying, if, even if he gets a wrong um, ruling in the end. And like I mentioned, 95% of fiqh, of the rulings, is ikhtilafi, it's difference of opinion to begin mm. with. Um, so you mentioned falling to extremes and stuff. And uh, I think people kind of fighting over it, even things like how to pray and stuff. That's an extreme in and of itself. I'm not talking about you specifically because obviously you weren't fighting, right? But even the other brother, you know, kind of you said he wouldn't let his ego down, right, in that, in that case. If he had relayed to you what I just relayed to you, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal, right? Mm. But getting into the whole discussion of, no, this is bid'ah, this is wrong, this is, this is an opinion of some shaykh. Mm. But some people... Use your uncle, bro. Yeah, yeah. Some people they'll take the actual valid opinions of these shaykh and act as if they're not even Muslim. Literally, there are some, mm. you know, I'm not going to name groups, but there are some groups that are so extreme. If you don't believe the same strain of the madhab that they follow, then... This is haram! Haram! Bro, at the end of the day, why do we enter Jannah? Please tell me. Muslim. Yes. Why do we enter Jannah? The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of the mercy of yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Not because of our good deeds. Not because we were always like, okay, we have to find the perfect life where we don't do any sins and we can't show anyone we're sinning and we always get the perfect ruling on everything. Yeah. I'm not saying that's not important. But ultimately, at the end of the day, nothing matters if you don't have a sound heart and if you don't have the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not entering Jannah. You're not going anywhere near Jannah. Mm. So at the end of the day, do you want to live a life where you're trying to help your brothers and sisters and, and get the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah? Or you're just out here caught up thinking, you know, it's all in your control and you're going to get Jannah no matter what. Because even that is a big sin yeah. in and of itself, thinking that you're going to go to Jannah. Yeah. Being so arrogant, knowing I'm going to go to Jannah. Of course, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I could do everything in my power, you know? Stuck for Allah. Stuck for Allah, so. Yeah. Inshallah. 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 Guys, if you made it this far, smash that like button, comment down below, hashtag don't judge. And inshallah ta'ala, let us know how you like this episode. This is episode two, inshallah, stay tuned for episode three. Lots of podcasts coming your way, inshallah, same time every single Friday. And with that being said, Anha would like to do a closing dua. Bismillah. Don't look at him, bro, you're making him nervous. Just, just look the other way. I have it in my head, but I don't want to, like, butcher it. Give it your all, bro. Bismillah. Just try. Nah. I forgot. Khair, bro. Rami, do you want to do the honors? Fine. With that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhaab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.